when you meditate, you have this ratio in your brain of elevated serotonin, dopamine, as well as anandamide, and you feel really, really good. When these mystics say, I was in bliss, I was one with the universe, they are speaking metaphorically. They are literally having the same effect as people taking the most potent drugs there are. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon Podcast. Making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I am there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you every single day. On top of all that, from July on, I decided to go live in the Facebook group on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific and 12 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to hang out with me and other like-minded listeners, you are more than welcome to join us. You can join the Mindset Nation community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation, or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, and in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation, and there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group, and now let me introduce today's guest. So today I have a super amazing guest on the show. When we did the recording, I was just blown away by his wisdom and everything that he shared in this episode. And he is none other than Dr. Dawson Church, who is an award-winning science writer with three best-selling books to his credit. The Genie in Your Genes was the first book to demonstrate that emotions drive gene expression. Mind to Matter shows that the brain creates much of what we think of as objective reality. And this book's foreword was written by none other than Dr. Joe Dispenza. Bliss Brain demonstrates that peak mental states rapidly remodel the brain for happiness. He has conducted dozens of clinical trials and founded the National Institute for Integrative Healthcare to promote groundbreaking new treatments. He shares how to apply the breakthroughs of energy psychology to health and personal performance through EFT Universe one of the largest alternative medicine sites on the web. It is even hard to summarize this episode because we talked about so many things and the conversation was super loaded. In the beginning, we talk about the purpose of Dawson's new book, Mind to Matter, and how he was inspired to write the book. We talk about meditation and how to become a master manifester. In the middle and closer to the end, we dive deeper into the science of meditation. We talk about different brainwave states, mindset, and how the mind can influence and create our reality. 
In the end, Dawson recommends super amazing mindset shifting books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Dr. Dawson Church to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Dawson, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Tibor, it's a delight to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I was super excited about this conversation uh, because obviously this is the topic that we are going to cover today is one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship, I mentioned that I focus on uh, with the show, impact-driven entrepreneurs, change makers, coaches. And I think that personal development is a topic that should go hand in hand with entrepreneurship. So, I think it's really helpful, you know, to overcome limitations, overcome fears, um, any kind of limitation that we might have. And I believe entrepreneurs are exposed to those limitations or fears more quickly. And I like to focus on uh, personal development topics as well. And before we dive into today's conversation about, you know, possibilities and human potential and everything uh, connected to how the mind actually creates reality. And it's just so fascinating. I would like to hear a little bit more about you. And uh, more importantly, how did you come up with the idea of creating or, or writing this new book, Mind to Matter, the astonishing science of how your brain creates material reality? So what was the purpose of the book? What's What's the aim of the book? Well, I was quite surprised to find myself writing this book. And initially, actually, I hadn't planned to write a book on this topic, but I found myself looking at the science behind this because I'd heard this idea that your thoughts are things, your thoughts create reality. The Buddha said that. The Buddha said that with our thoughts, we create the world. Gandhi, Mohandas Gandhi said that. Ralph Waldo Emerson said that. Many famous people throughout history over the last thousands of years have said things like, our minds create reality. And I always thought of that as kind of a metaphysical proposition, like in the movie The Secret or The Law of Attraction. The idea is that as you think, so things become. And I thought my, my view of that was that it was an interesting idea, but not a literal or scientific one. So in Mind to Matter, I I decided to, initially I was doing a series of radio shows and asking scientists, well, how true is this? In what ways does our mind create matter? And I knew our mind did create matter inside our bodies. That's really uncontroversial and obvious. Just for example, if I think a stressful thought, if I have a negative belief, if I have a, uh, a, an emotion like anger or resentment or fear or shame or blame, then mm -hmm. we know from biomedical research that that's creating molecules in our body like cortisol. And we know that those cortisol molecules have health effects that are bad for your body long term. And so we've known for a long time that when we hook people up to an EEG or we do a, a hormone test, we can tell if people are doing a lot of negative thinking it is producing shifts in their body. In, in one really recent study, there was a shocker. The researchers looked at the accumulation of beta amyloid plaques in the brain. And beta amyloid plaques are the kind of goo 
in neural pathways that clogs up the brain. They look, if you, under an electron microscope, they look like uh, tar. Uh, they look like asphalt. They look like the tar you see on the road. And this gummy substance, these beta amyloid plaques in the brain, stop neural functioning and are a, a major factor in Alzheimer's disease. And so the researchers found in this landmark study just a few weeks back that there was direct correlation between people thinking negatively and Alzheimer's plaques. The more negative thinking, the more of these beta amyloid plaques there were in people's brains. So it's really obvious that our thoughts create our reality in terms of internal biochemistry. And I did several mm-hmm. clinical trials with, with cortisol. We found the same thing, that negative thinkers, people, stressed people, people with PTSD or depression or anxiety were making lots of cortisol. But the really surprising thing, Tibor, was that I began to find research as I looked deeper into this, showing mm-hmm. that our minds literally affect external reality as well. That's the reality of the molecules and the the electrical fields around us too. So um, the the book wound up having about 400 scientific studies in it. And it really surprised me because I was able to find the science of every single link in the chain between thought and thing, not just inside our bodies, but outside too. And it's really made me very aware of of my own thinking and the need to, to think in the most positive terms possible. Wow, it's just so fascinating. And thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, I was fascinated by this idea of of creating the mind, creating external reality or influencing. So actually, I I wanted to first focus on manifestation because you know let's assume that we are talking to people who want to achieve goals. They have aspirations. Uh, they might be entrepreneurs or people who are who have a deep desire uh, of creating something, and they are interested in practices like meditation and quote-unquote manifesting their external reality. So, you know, when I use the word manifestation, uh, I'm a little bit cautious because it might be a little bit woo-woo for some people, but I'm interested in how we can actually use our mind or utilize our mind to influence uh, external reality or to create external reality, or what does it mean? I'll give you a story as well as the science. And the story comes from the second part of March 2020, when I was walking down the main street of the town I live in in Northern California. And I, uh, the, uh, the, the state government had put everyone on lockdown a couple of weeks before. So mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to make non-essential trips. Uh, many kinds of businesses were closed. Amongst those businesses that were were closed, the government had mandated that restaurants had to close. So all of these dining rooms of all these restaurants suddenly were dark. And I was taking a walk, so I went like like to get out and exercise each day down Main Street in my town. And I walked past this business called Murphy's Pub. And Mm -hmm. Like every other restaurant on the street and in in the town, the dining room was closed. There was nobody there. It was dark, and I saw a, a handwritten cardboard sign taped to the front door. And the sign on the front of Murphy's Pub said, "It's been great parting with you for the last thirty-seven years. We don't see a light at the end of this tunnel. Goodbye." Mm-hmm. And so 
they had decided to close their business. After 37 years, they survived three recessions. <laughs> they survived all kinds of other ups and downs, challenges. And yet this was too much for them. They closed in the face of this mandatory order with no end in sight. They had, they had just shut down their business. I then, after another week or two, my wife and I had been eating our own cooking for, for the past month. And we'd been, uh, we'd been having the same dishes we liked so much, but it, it began to get old. So we decided to order out from another restaurant. We looked at other restaurants that there were in our area, and there's one called Betty's Barbecue. And they had a, a no-touch food delivery. And you placed your order on the phone or online, and then you drove to Betty's Barbecue. They had a table out front. So I drove over there to get our order. And again, just like Murphy's, the dining room was closed and dark. Nobody was in the dining room, but the table was out there and there were all these orders, including mine, for Betty's Barbecue. And it just so happened that Betty, the owner, was behind the table. So we chatted for a moment as I picked up my order and I said, how is business for you? She said, it's going great. She said, I've always thought about opening a takeout business in addition to my dining room. And with my dining room now being closed, I started the takeout business and it's been really successful. So I said, well, what about all of your, your waiters, your serving staff, your busboys, all the people who were employed in the dining room? She said, we're so busy that we now retrain them all to be preparation chefs, sous chefs, to help us with the demand. So what has happened since then, actually, as dining rooms have reopened, is Betty now has two businesses. She has the takeout business and she has the dining room business, both, whereas Murphy's Pub is still closed and dark. What was the difference between those two businesses? Only one thing, mindset. Only the mindset of those two owners determined whether you, you just fold up your your operation and decide it's too much for you, you're going under. And, and about I don't know about the figures are for Europe, but I know in, in the U.S., something like 35% of small businesses have disappeared. So those people have just mm. thrown in the towel. They've said, we can't do this. We're going under. And the others, though, are finding ways to thrive. My own, I, I have a large nonprofit, which, which does a lot of uh, work with people suffering from traumatic stress, but also mm -hmm. I have a training business. And we, again, faced the, the loss of all of our business. All of our workshops were, were shut down. But we began to, we pivoted very quickly in two or three weeks. We began to do some new activities. And we just finished the two most successful quarters in our history in the middle of the recession. So mindset is everything. And it does literally shape the world around you in that kind of a way. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. So I couldn't agree more. So uh, that's why I love to focus on mindset. But you know, I have a practice in my life and this is meditation. And um, I went deeper into this topic as well because I was thinking about you know, how I can cultivate a positive mindset or a growth mindset. And so I had this meditation practice and, um, you know, I went a little bit deeper into this uh, manifestation and creative visualization. So I usually visualize during meditation what I want to achieve in the future. And, um, you know, there are a couple of things that you talk about, for example, intention uh, the power of intention and also meditation. So when it comes to, you know, how our mind 
shapes our reality. Um, and if we want to talk about meditation or how we can use meditation as a practice to shape our external reality or manifest something in our lives, what are some of the most important things that you focus on or teach? Meditation makes a huge difference. If you do it effectively, it makes an enormous difference. And one of the questions I asked myself when I was writing Mind to Matter, like I know some people who are amazing manifestors. I have a close friend called Jack Canfield, and Jack has written quite a number of books. He's famous as being the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He wrote a book called The Success Principles. And Jack is just one of those <clears throat> master manifestors. Then I have another friend called Rose, and she is really brilliant at visioning. She does great visioning, helps other people do visioning of their visions, but vir virtually nothing of what she visions ever manifests. And I said, what's the difference between a Rose and a Jack? What's going on with them? So I've now hooked up hundreds of people to uh, EEGs, actually many to uh, MRIs as well. My colleagues have hooked up thousands of people to EEGs. We published several papers in medical journals and psychology journals and peer-reviewed journals. And what we find with people who are master manifestors is that they have highly coherent brain function. And the example I use in my book, Mind to Matter, is that of light. And I have an illustration in Chapter 5 of mm -hmm. coherent light and non-coherent light. And an example of non-coherent light is a regular electric light bulb. So you plug a light bulb in, turn it on, and it emits 60 watts or 100 watts of light. And that light is enough to light up a room. With 100 watts of light, you can light up a room, even though that light is non-coherent. And non-coherent means that the light waves, the photons are pouring out of that light. Those light particles waves are pouring out at just in random, in random directions. And so non-coherent light works. It's effective. It can light up a room with 100 watts. But if you take that same 100 watts of light and you mm -hmm. organize those light waves into coherence, now they're all, they're all uh, in, in exactly the same waveform. They're not non-coherent. They're now all in exactly the same shape and moving in the same direction with the same velocity. So now you've got those photons in coherence. That's a laser. And that 100-watt laser can cut through a sheet of steel. It has that much power. That's the power of organizing anything mm -hmm. in matter into coherence. And what we see in EEGs is exactly the same thing. Put a rose in an EEG, put someone like Rose, hook her up to an EEG, look at her brain waves, and we look you know, at all the primary waves, delta, theta, alpha, beta, gamma. Those are the primary mm -hmm. brain waves. And what we see in the brains of these people who aren't good manifestors, no matter how good their vision is, they aren't, aren't good manifestors, is we see a lack of coherence. When we hook up a meditator, especially someone who's meditating effectively and is a master manifester, we see highly coherent brain waves. All the parts of their brain are working in synchrony, and especially this, this master wave called gamma. And gamma is an organizational wave, and it is a wave 
that synchronizes activity among different regions of the brain. So now you don't have your parietal lobe going off in one direction and your temporal lobe going off in another, out of phase with your parietal, with your with your with your occipital lobe or your frontal lobe. Now suddenly with these large amounts of gamma brain waves, we find all of those parts of the brain working in synchrony. And so that's the mark of a master manifester. And we can just tell right away when we hook people up to an EEG that their if their brains brain waves are in synchrony, we know they're gonna A, that they're gonna be have a much easier time med, uh, meditating, and B, that they're gonna be able to translate that into actual effective action in the world. In one of the studies I quote in Mind to Matter. In my book, Mind to Matter, I tell the story of this one study done by a famous consulting group called the McKinsey Corporation, and they did a 10-year study of high-performance executives, and they found that those who are in these mental flow states of coherence, they are five times as productive when they are in flow as they are when they aren't in flow. So their productivity increases 500%. In other words, in one day, they're able to accomplish as much as they could accomplish in, in five days, not in flow. So you think of meditation as being this process of sitting in a corner of your room or of your house for an hour every day, and you're just doing this thing that's maybe not very productive or mm. not very... Uh, make much of an impact on, on the world around you, just the opposite. It's those people who are spending an hour of the, a day to evoke those coherent brainwaves. When they open their eyes and move back to the office, move to their desk, start to work, they are five times as effective as those whose brains are not in coherence. So that's another way in which mental activity and mental coherence has a dramatic effect on the world around us. Wow, that's so exciting. And uh, flow is, is another huge topic. And um, I'd love to go you know, deeper into everything. And I'm super grateful that you are on the show. Uh, but I want to stick to this manifestation a little bit more. So for example, for people to understand and also for me, because, you know, I have been practicing meditation for, for a while and, you know, I don't have an EEG machine, so I don't know. Uh, what I was thinking about actually was purchasing a um, headband for meditation so that I can see uh, my, my brainwave states uh, or my brainwaves. But I don't know, right? So how, how does someone know if, they, if their brainwaves are coherent or how, how can they do the meditation properly so that they have a coherent um, brainwave structure. Yeah, and these simple devices, like I uh, use the Muse sometimes, the Muse headband yeah, I like you. to use, but um, it also has limitations. And so uh, you you can't get pure EEG data from, from the Muse, and you need actually some uh, scientific apps to run the mm -hmm. Muse data through to get meaningful readout. But um, you can use something like that. But what I what I do, I train people in meditation as well. And mm -hmm. what I do is I train them to notice the internal feeling when they're in coherence. So when they reach that state of being in, in brain coherence, then th things happen in the body. And there are seven neurochemicals that that deep and effective meditation 
produces in the body. And I, I, I talk about these in Mind to Matter. I talk about some of them in Mind to Matter especially. And the one I talk about the most is anandamide. And anandamide is a molecule discovered fairly recently in the 1990s. And it, what, what these researchers did was they said, we know that smoking marijuana makes people high because it has this molecule, of course, it has lots of different molecules in marijuana, but there's one molecule that makes you high, and that's THC. And so this CBD and other molecules in marijuana, but the one that makes you gives you the high is THC. And it makes you high because it's docking with certain receptor sites in your brain, giving you that feeling of euphoria. And they said that if that THC molecule, which we know is docking with those receptor sites, is produced in this drug-induced ecstasy, then we must have a molecule in our bodies that docks with those same receptors. It's just like a key into a lock. And so there's a molecular lock into which that key is fitting. So what molecule in our body docks with those same receptors that THC docks with when we smoke marijuana? And these researchers, they had about 100,000 molecules to look at. It was, a, it was a really big job to find the molecule. But they found the molecule, and they named it anandamide. And ananda is the Sanskrit wow. word for bliss. Wow. And wow. you literally feel the sense of bliss. And of course, yogis and advanced meditation adepts describe entering these states of consciousness. And in mind to matter, I call it non-local mind, that they leave their local mind, their local awareness of local, their local self, and they then merge in this glorious experience of ecstatic union with the non-local universe. And I talk about that a lot in chapter one and also in chapter seven of Mind to Matter, how yogis do this, how we can do it. And when we do, we unleash floods of anandamide in our brains. So we're unleashing anandamide. We have a rise in serotonin, which is your basic feel-good molecule. You have a rise in dopamine, your most motivational molecule. Dopamine is the molecule associated with cravings. And so people who crave heroin or cocaine or cigarettes or chocolate, that's the dopamine system kicking in. Dopamine is to do with reward. And then serotonin is to do with satisfaction. And so, for example, go, to go back to the drug anal analogy, just the way that THC docks in your brain with anandamide receptors serotonin docks with the same receptor sites as psilocybin, magic mushrooms. And again, cocaine docks with, docks with dopamine receptors. So when you meditate, you have this ratio in your brain of elevated serotonin, dopamine, as well as anandamide, and you feel really, really good. When these mystics say, I was in bliss, I was one with the universe, they aren't speaking metaphorically. They are literally having the same effect as people taking the most potent drugs there are. They're high. They're in this state of being completely blissed out. And so uh, when you're in brain coherence, you're making this cocktail of neurochemicals, not just those three. There are four others as well. And it would be at 12 hours. I'd, <laughs> I'd explain each one. But there are seven potent yeah. neurochemicals, feel-good neurochemicals you get during effective meditation, and they go in concert with brain coherence. So you don't need a machine to tell you that. If you're feeling that sense of high, uh -huh. if you're feeling that sense of ecstasy, if you're feeling one with the all it is, one with the universe, that 
that non-local mind state that I talk about in my book, Mind to Matter, if you're feeling that, then we know your brain is in coherence. So that feel-good state of that bliss brain, that's what's telling you you're in that state, and you don't need a machine. Just that subjective feeling of well-being is your guide to be in coherence. Wow, that's so fascinating. So um, to make it super simple for, for myself is that, uh, you know, we talked about thoughts and, and feelings as well. So the mind and the body connection. So the whole system is in coherence, right? And um, when it comes to manifestation, I just want people to understand this a little bit because we obviously didn't talk about uh, quantum physics, but how does this, you know, how is it connected to um, manifesting what you want. So let's let's say during meditation, you create a vision for yourself in the future, and then you know this is something that you somehow manifest in your life. Yeah, and here I really don't focus on the usual mind over matter approach. That's why the book is called Mind to Matter, not Mind over Matter. And mm-hmm. the old kind of law of attraction idea, this, the movie The Secret, the whole idea mm-hmm. is to have visualizations, to, uh, to state your affirmations, and then to make those things happen. And I don't believe that, that at all. What I talk about in Mind to Matter is what you want to do is you want to enter these ecstatic states of union with the universe. And then mm-hmm. when you're in that state of union with the all that is, your mind will be filled with things that are the highest good for all and the highest good for you. What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset, entrepreneurship, or podcasting, or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash Mindset Nation. Or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs 
where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's mindset transforming conversation. If you're just not, if you're just at the level of your local mind, trying to dream up stuff that's good for you, maybe you can manifest that house or that car or that marriage or that money. But, you know, it may may not be good for you. I remember I used to, I've had several wonderful cars in my life and I, um, I, had always wanted a particular car a, a long time ago called the Mercedes 380 SEC. This was just the most beautiful, sexy car. When I was a college student, I had no money. I was driving an old beat-up car. The height of my desire was a Mercedes 380 SEC. So many years later, I was driving through a, a town near me. And every few months, I'd drive through this town. And there was a Mercedes 380 SEC parked outside this one office building and it never moved. So I knew the car wasn't running. So eventually I made, got in touch with the owner and I said to him, do you want to sell your car? But the car again was needed a lot of mechanical repair, wasn't very good. So uh, he, he was asked too much money for the car. And so I, uh, I, n- I never wound up, wound up buying it. But then one day he phoned me and said, you know, my wife told me she wants that car out of there just be here with a, get here with a trailer and a couple hundred bucks and the car is yours. So I picked up the car, repaired the car, fixed the car, got it running again. And now finally, 20 years after that dream, now I was in my 40s, no longer a college student, but I had my gold Mercedes 380 SEC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tibor, that car was an absolute nightmare. It broke down on average every 200 miles. That's every, what, 300 kilometers it broke down. Uh, oh, fatal, really? fatal breakdowns. And it, it cost a huge amount of money to keep, keep, it, keep it going. And eventually I grew to so hate the car that I parked the car behind my barn in the back of my property. And I said to my wife, Christine, if that if that car was a horse, I would put a gun to its head and I would pull the trigger. <laughs> I hated the car. And so the car sat there for a couple of years. Then my, my wife is really wise. She said to me, you know, Dawson, that car is not giving you any any uh any pleasure. I mean, I, I had all kinds of other cars which I loved and was driving them. Mm-hmm. But she said, just put that car out on the street with a for sale sign in it. And mm-hmm. let, let go of the car. And I said to her, Christine, no one's going to want to even want to buy that car. The car doesn't run properly right now. I have to disclose that to a potential buyer. She said, Johnny, just put the car on, on the road with a for sale sign. Well, I, I did that. I drove the car to the road, put a for sale sign on. And somebody bought it that day. And so I got rid of the car. But it was a real lesson to me in local mind. My local mind wanted a Mercedes 380 SEC. Was it my highest good? No. So that's why you want to be 
creating and manifesting, not from your limited local vision of what you think you want about that marriage or about that that partner or about that business or about that. You want to be tuning into non-local mind and the vision of you held in the mind of the universe, held in the mind of the all it is, held in non-local mind, isn't the Mercedes 380 SEC. It's your highest good right now. Otherwise, you're just manifesting out of this local sense of what you want. And sure, you can manifest that way. But is it your highest good? Often, it's a very limited idea of who you can be. You want to instead tune into the coherence of the universe. Then you manifest synchronously. I have a a section at the end of Mind to Matter where I tell the stories of how I actually wrote the book and got a huge amount of money for writing the book from a publisher and then wrote the book effortlessly, considering it's a very difficult technical science book. And there were, I mean, there were literally hundreds of synchronicities around just writing that book. So um, you want to tune in in meditation to the all that is, to the universe, and then you manifest from there. And then it is the universal mind and the wisdom and the highest good of the universal mind flowing through your local mind because you've aligned and brought your local mind into synchrony, into coherence Mm -hmm. with universal mind, then your life flows effortlessly. Wow, that's so fascinating. And I think I had similar experiences during meditation. And I wanted to ask you about this, like, when is it happening? So you talked about flow states, for example. Is it when your, your brain is in theta, for example, or do you have to be in a particular brainwave state? Yes, and we call that that state the awakened mind. And we can tell when people are in that state because it's a very distinctive brainwave pattern. So I have quite a few diagrams in Mind to Matter to show you what those patterns look like. And so there's the usual waking mind state, the typical state in which people are conscious and going about their, their daily lives. And they have a little bit of delta, the slowest wave, a little bit of theta, a little bit of alpha. But then mostly they're in beta, which is the brainwave of waking consciousness. But Mm -hmm. when they tune into the universe, when they get into that deep meditative state, all that beta activity goes away. And instead, they have a lot of delta, a lot of theta, and then a big bridge in the form of alpha waves. So you can tell that pattern we call the awakened mind. Let me train people to acquire that pattern. How do you know when you're in that pattern? You feel really, really good because of all the anandamide, serotonin, Mm -hmm. and dopamine sloshing around in your brain. Wow, that sounds super fascinating. And I'm not sure if I experienced that, but I just want to, you know, be specific when it comes to meditation. Like, is there a, you know, amount of time for for us to meditate? Like, you know, 20 minutes, uh, half an hour, an hour, or how, how can someone start practicing this? Yeah, and there are really good answers to all those questions, like how long, what kind of meditation. Now, you have to meditate effectively. If you close your eyes and try and meditate without any instruction or with traditional instruction, usually people just go into what's called the default mode of the brain. And the brain's Mm -hmm. default mode is governed by two regions of the brain. One is called the mid-prefrontal cortex. The other is called the posterior cingulate cortex. And these two parts of the brain are called the default mode because the brain defaults there when you close your eyes and just aren't doing anything. And unfortunately, those two parts of the brain have two functions. And the default mode network's job is to think about the bad stuff that happened in the past 
and think about how that bad stuff might happen again in the future. And Mother Nature designed us this way. Evolution grew our brains to default to thinking this way because it was vital for your ancestors 10,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, a million years ago. It was really important to devote as much focus, mental focus as possible to the tiger that almost ate you 10 years ago or yesterday, the past, the bad stuff from the past, and the tiger that might eat you tomorrow. So mm -hmm. planning for a future in which you didn't, didn't meet the tiger and thinking about all the details of the tiger in the past was vital to our survival back then. So our brains have evolved this default mode where we default to thinking negatively, negative thoughts. But as I mentioned earlier, with that Alzheimer's research and other kinds of research, we know now that if you keep on thinking negatively and keep defaulting that way, that it's going to hurt you. So the challenge for the meditator is to turn off the default mode network. Now, Tibetan monks who have meditated for 10,000 hours, 20,000 hours in their lifetime, they've done a lot of meditation. They actually can turn off the default mode network. For you and me, it's harder. So mm -hmm. I've been working on methods of meditation that shut down the default mode network really quickly. And like I did a, a retreat with about 40 people over New Year's, we hooked people up to EEGs on day one and again on day seven. And after seven days of effective meditation, the the people on that retreat were able to turn off the default mode network in about four minutes. And then if they were in meditation for, say, 30 minutes, they had 26 minutes of deep meditation. So you want to train yourself in a meditation method that shuts down the default mode net network quickly. And then if you're meditating, you want to have at least 20 minutes of quiet mind, of union with the all that is, of, of merging with non-local minds. That that seems to be about the minimum, that 15, 20 minutes. I mean, some, some studies show that even 12 minutes a day starts to affect the brain in about eight weeks. So even less than 20 minutes is, is, is helpful. But 20 minutes or more, again, of effective meditation is what really starts to move the needle. And then how much of that you have to do? Well, in chapter one of Mind to Matter, I tell the story of a TV journalist called Graham Phillips, who mm -hmm. learned mindfulness meditation, began to do it, and after just two weeks, saw changes in his behavior. But before he began his meditation course, and then again, two months later, eight weeks later, he went into a university with his TV crew. They filled him getting this whole battery of tests, including high-resolution MRI scans of his brain. So Graham Phillips got all these high-resolution MRIs, then did eight weeks of meditation, and then went back into the lab, got a second set of MRIs. And they found that after that eight weeks, several regions of his brain had grown by three or even 4%. So now his brain volume is changing because as you're passing those signals through neural bundles, they're getting bigger. And the part of his brain that grew the most was a sliver of tissue in the very center of his brain called the dentate gyrus. And in eight weeks, his dentate gyrus grew by 22.8%. Now that's a, a huge increase, almost a quarter bigger. And what the dentate gyrus does is it manages emotion in your brain. It regulates brain, other brain regions, coordinates other brain regions in regulating 
fear, anger, resentment, all these negative emotions and making them and, 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 and dialing them down. And again, in just wow. eight weeks of mindfulness, his dentate gyrus, his hardware for regulating emotion grew by 22.8%. And that's how quickly in just two months, we start to generate new neural tissue, we then become much more resilient people. And that's when meditation is effective. So the answer is, at least 20 minutes of deep, effective, awakened mind every day. And then about in about two months, you begin to substantially remodel your brain. At that point, you start to have a different personality. You're no longer that irritable, angry, resentful, reactive person. You're a, hot, you're a compassionate person. You're a loving person. You're a resourceful person. You're a resilient person. And that's the state I call bliss brain. You're, you're this, you've, you've now turned those good feeding states into permanent hardware in the brain and their traits. You have the trait of compassion, the trait of resilience, the trait of kindness, the trait of being loving. And now you, you have a whole different life before. Wow, uh, that's really, really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing, and and so great that you are talking about this, and and uh, you know you share some of those scientific researches as well. So that's really interesting, and I wanted to mention because you said that this story was in chapter one, and people can download chapter one from DawsonGift.com. There are other different. Uh, giveaways as well that people can download for free. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that uh, the link is going to be on our website as well, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. Uh, so you can have a taste of the book before they purchase it. So chapter one is how our brains shape the world. So that's definitely a really interesting one uh, <laughs> and all of them. So, and you know, I'm here just super excited thinking about what else I should, you know, ask. And I think I could ask for hours. I just wanted to ask one more thing, which is, you know, we talked about meditation and I was wondering if someone wants to heal, you know, some kind of a pain or injury, like that's a, that's something um, in the body, let's say on a physical level. Uh, is it something that you also focus on? Yes. And, uh, Again, all of this is about using energy to heal, energy to change. And when you use energy, when you use your consciousness to shift your physical material reality, it can produce powerful effects. And so there are several stories in Mind Matter about people healing from sometimes terminal diseases. And uh, just one of the, the most remarkable stories that I've, 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 uh, I've, I've, I tell now is about a friend of mine called Beth Meisner, who wrote a book about her healing journey. And she was diagnosed with uh, metastasized breast cancer. So she had breast cancer. She had a large tumor in her top oh of her God. right breast. It was five centimeters across. It was a large tumor. The doctors of the hospital that she was working with also then found that all of the lymph nodes under Beth's right armpit were swollen, and there were three spots of inflammation on Beth's right lung. So her right armpit lymph nodes were all swollen. And when cancer gets into your lymph nodes, it's very serious because it then spreads through the lymph system all throughout the body. So uh, mm. when she got this terminal diagnosis, she, she said to herself, you know, I'm going to use my consciousness and energy, and I'm going to see what that'll do for me. Before I rush in to have surgery and, and radiation, chemotherapy, I'm just going to use my, my awareness for a little while and see what this will do. And she changed her energy. 
Beth changed her, her energy completely. She turned off all the alerts on her cell phone. She quit watching the news. She mm-hmm. got rid of anyone in her life who was negative. She quit work she was doing that was stressful. She totally shifted her, her energy. Uh, my wife and I did some uh, uh, surrogate EFT acupressure tapping with her long distance. Uh, she got long, long distance Qigong. She was doing daily Qigong. She was doing daily meditation. She was watching her mind and she was getting rid of every conceivable negative input into her mind, negative media, negative people, mm-hmm. negative thoughts. And she wow. just focused on shifting her energy. She also did alternative treatments like Laetrile and hyperbaric oxygen. So she was doing some physical things too. And most of what she was doing though was 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 to do with consciousness and energy. So acupressure, wow. acupuncture, meditation, qigong, all of these ways of shifting your energy. So she got mm-hmm. a diagnosis, this this diagnosis in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. In May of 2017, eight weeks later, she went back to the hospital they gave her another exam, and the tumor had shrunk from five centimeters to one point four centimeters. So it had shrunk by two thirds, wow. and all the lymph nodes under Beth's armpit were clear. No more cancer there. And then later on, she got a blood biopsy in August of that year, which showed that she was completely cancer free. Tumor was gone. She was totally cancer free. And wow. that's just wow. using consciousness and the mind to heal. So it is having a profound effect on our bodies. In some of the research I describe in Mind to Matter, shows that it's doing things like increasing our stem cell counts. We have more stem cells, these healing cells that heal injured tissue in our bodies. We have more telomeres. Our telomere length increases with meditation. And telomeres are your main anti-aging molecule. You have less cortisol in your bloodstream. You have less adrenaline flowing. So all of these damaging uh, stress hormones start to to downregulate. Uh, also, a whole group of genes that that promotes health starts to upregulate as a result of these practices. So it's producing dramatic effects in our body, including healing many diseases. Wow, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm super grateful for you uh, being on the show, sharing these incredible information. And um, you know, as we are coming to the end of the episode, um, I usually ask my guests about book recommendations. So besides your books, so one of them is Mind to Matter, The Genie in Your Genes, uh, Bliss Brain. What are some of uh, the other books that you would recommend to the listeners, some books that might have changed your life? I'd love to do that. Yeah, so so my, my four books, essentially, that I, that I trajectory is Soul Medicine is about energy medicine. Gene mm-hmm. in Your Genes is about epigenetics and energy psychology, and mm-hmm. also about how this is affecting our gene expression. And then Mind to Matter is about materialization, is about how our brains affect and create material reality. Bliss Brain wow. is about meditation and about those seven neurochemicals of bliss. And um, mm. other other books I, 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 I just find really influential and, and effective is... Um, I'm really knee-deep into the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, and I found his his meditations wow. so inspiring over many, many years of my life. He, he was a Roman Empire emperor, lived uh, in the second century, 
So his, these books are 2,000 years old, but his meditations are full of basic instructions for living. Also, the Yoga uh-huh. Sutras of Patanjali, I think, are, are, are just a, uh, the most refined explanation of the, the mystic path that, um, that really inspire me. And I can just read one Yoga Sutra and meditate on that for a long time. Uh, wow. The Yoga Sutras and other texts are explained really well in a book called Love is a Secret from, by a friend of mine who's a modern mystic, and he wrote the book 25 years ago. And then a new update came out, I think, three or four years ago, called Love is a Secret. And it's all about mystical states and the, the, the stages of the development of spiritual psychology. And then I mentioned um, Jack Canfield and his book, The Success Principles. I, I just love Jack's work. And, uh, and, and the success principles is so important to me because I wish when I was 20 years old that I was trying to figure out how to do with my life. And I was really depressed, really unhappy, and I didn't know how to be successful. And Jack interviewed hundreds of people and then distills that into 64 principles in that book. And I just wish I'd had that book when I was 20, 25 years old. And I'd given that book to many 25-year-olds and said, read this book. So uh, the Success Principles is just a, your your quick start guide to how successful people get that way. Um, so wow. those, those are a few of the books that really inspired me. Recently. No, no, another one I just want to throw in there too about neuroscience is a book by a friend of mine who's one of the main uh, MRI researchers in meditation called Andrew Newberg. And it's mm-hmm. called How Enlightenment changes your brain. And Andrew and I have collaborated a little bit on some uh, some some um, audio shows to, to help people understand that your brain is literally changing in response to these enlightenment experiences. So that's a, a quick summary of some really interesting ones. Yeah, so inspiring. Thank you so much. I love them. And uh, thank you so much for sharing the, this with uh, the listeners. And uh, before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can uh, find you online, get in touch with you, and learn more about you. Yeah, I think that that Dawson Gift link you mentioned is a good one because at this is Dawson, my name D A W S O N, DawsonGift.com, because there are lots of things there. There is that uh, that first couple of chapters of Mind to Matter. There's also a free audio of Eco Meditation. There's also a free download of the EFT Tapping Mini Manual. And there are about a dozen things there that you'll find useful. So so DawsonGift.com is the best one place to go. You can also learn about workshops. We have workshops in Europe. We have workshops in the US. We have workshops in Australia, different parts of the world. And and live workshops are a wonderful way to connect with us as well as uh, some of the other online things we do. So DawsonGift.com is the best one-stop place for all of those things yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing and again the link is going to be in the show notes uh, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast and my last question is is about your mission or, or future vision so how do you see yourself in the future i have uh, quite a few grandchildren and um i have a big community of people that i interact with every every week and i really believe that the future is incredibly promising. If you look at the trajectory of uh, where we're, we're going, now, if you look at the the microcosm, if you look at the news every day, look at the yeah. blogs every day, 
it's pretty depressing. But if you step yeah. back and look at the science of things like where are we going in terms of uh, human well-being, human flourishing, all of the metrics are really, really good. Uh, people, just for example, the average person in the world is three times as wealthy as he or she was 40 years ago, including mm -hmm. the crash of 2020, the crash of 2008, the crash of 2000, the crash of 1989. It, it, I mean, all of these financial ups and downs happen, but the average global citizen in the world is mm -hmm. three times as rich as he or she was 30 years ago. Uh, the, the, the average person in the world is living double the lifespan they were a century ago. Uh, infant mortality um, maternal mortality, literacy, deforestation, uh, all, all these markers are, are improving of human flourishing. So we have, as a human race, we have some huge challenges, like obviously like climate change and global inequality, global poverty. I mean, we, we, have, uh, we have definitely have a lot of challenges as a human species. But if you look mm -hmm. at the, the long view, the view from, from up high, and look at the scientific studies measuring human flourishing, they all show we're on an upward trend. And so yeah. I think we're in the middle of a spiritual and consciousness revolution in the human species. And as we now have millions of people becoming more productive, whose problem-solving ability is increasing, who are meditating, who are filling their lives with inner peace, they are going to have an enormous shift on the future of the planet, because think about those studies showing that they're five times as productive. Their mm -hmm. ability to solve yeah. complex problems is multiplying exponentially. Their creativity is more than doubling, according to various pieces of research. So these yeah. are the change makers, and they're the most effective people on the planet. And they're going to really be nudging. These cultural creatives are nudging the entire human history in a very different and very positive direction. So I think the next century is one of flourishing. I, I just think my, my grandkids coming to me in 10, 20, 30 years time when they're in college or when they're, they're in jobs, and mm -hmm. they'll, they'll say, you know, Daddy, we, we hear that the world used to be dirty and so clean now. How can that, that, that have been so? We heard that there used to be this thing called psychological trauma that was affecting people, but th there is no trauma right now. What was that like in that world? So they, mm -hmm. will, they will inherit a world in which all these things that so limit human potential are just gone. And we've solved these major global problems. And that, that's the world I believe we're heading to. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm just smiling. It's so inspiring. So amazing. I love this topic. And especially, you know, um, the human potential part, like I think it's a really exciting time to, to be alive in terms of these scientific studies that we talked about today, meditation and all these things. Like we can uh, become... I don't know, limitless. I usually say limitless on the show, but who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not be limitless, Tibor? <laughs> I'm sorry? Why not be limitless? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my catchphrase <laughs> in the end of the episode, right? So be limitless, my friend. <laughs> and uh, Dawson, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a huge, huge pleasure. Thank you so much. Heart to heart, it's been a joy. Thank you so much, Tibor. Thanks for sharing this with your community. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.